Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by Lead Pastor Dave Ferguson as we hear the State of the Church 2021. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Hello, community. It is great to be with you. And it's so good to be speaking to all of our locations and all of our expressions. There are few things worse than missing a great opportunity. And there are a few things better than looking back and knowing you seized that moment and you made the most of an opportunity. And I think that's what the apostle Paul was getting at. He tells the believers in the church at Ephesus this verse, which is our big idea verse from Ephesians. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. When I think of missed opportunity, I think of Ron Wayne. Now, you probably don't know the name Ron Wayne, and the reason you don't know the name Ron Wayne is because of a huge missed opportunity. Uh, This is Ron Wayne in the middle. Now, you may recognize the people standing on either side of him, and in fact, if you think you know the other two guys, just go ahead and whisper to someone near you right now. Or if you're watching online, just put it in the chat. Who are these two other guys? Ron Wayne is the lesser known of the three founders of Apple. Now, the other two founders of Apple were two Steves. And if you said Jobs and Wozniak, you're 100% right. The year was 1976, and Ron Wayne created the logo, the Apple logo that we know. He actually drew up the original agreement between the three of them, forming the Apple company. But as the oldest and most financially secure of the three, Wayne was kind of concerned that maybe debt might be accrued in this new company, and it might land on him. So out of an abundance of caution, he sold his 10% stake in the company just 12 days into this new adventure back to the two Steves for $400 each or 800 bucks. <laughs> you talk about a missed opportunity. I mean, Apple's market value has since grown to more than $2 trillion. I mean, if he would have kept that 10%, he'd be worth more than $200 billion today. Few things are worse than a missed opportunity. Hold on to that, because I think when Paul makes this statement, make the most of every opportunity, I think he's saying something very, very relevant to the moment that we're living in. I think he's saying, don't cower in fear at what's happening in our world. No, look to God for wisdom and make the most of the opportunities in this current season. Now, some translate, some versions of the Bible translate this as redeeming the time. Um, It could also mean, like, seize the day. And if you remember that scene from the classic Dead Poet Society, you know, Robin Williams introduces that Latin phrase, carpe diem, and he whispers it, right? Carpe diem, seize the day, make your lives extraordinary. And he's telling that group of young students, there is an urgency about life. It's shorter than you think. Time is important. Don't waste it. And I think that's exactly what Paul's saying. Carpe diem, seize the day. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity. Make your lives extraordinary. And I'll tell you, after going through a very tumultuous year, I believe that is what God is saying to both us individually and to us as a church. So the purpose of our time together is for me to give you a very clear kind of state of the church update. But I also, at the same time, I want to challenge you. Let's all of us Make the most of this opportunity. 
Now, before I get to that, I just want to say a very heartfelt, a very big just thank you. Thank you for how you've stuck together. Thank you for how you stayed on mission over this last extraordinarily unpredictable year. And it's because of you. Over this last year, community, we didn't just survive, but we thrived. And I, I, do, I just want to say, well done. Well done. All right? I applaud you. Now for the update. Um, 2020. 2020 was a year of, you know, documented crisis. And we went through this together. We did as a church. A global pandemic that took the lives of more than half a million Americans. Economic challenges that left many of us wondering if we'd have enough and some of us we'd have a job. A racial reckoning that brought peaceful protests and riots to our city and suburbs. A political turmoil that divided friends and family. And we stuck together. We stuck together through 50 weeks. Let that sink in. 50 weeks of not meeting together in person. We stuck together. Again, I applaud you. Now, the negative impact of all these crises, though, is being felt in some of us and in our communities in several ways it's being felt. It took a toll on our mental health. Researchers are telling us 63% of young people are reporting substantial symptoms of anxiety and depression, so that is way up. There's a financial crisis that we went through that really impacted families. And because of that, the divorce rate is spiking and experts are saying it has not yet peaked. These, these crises also impacted us spiritually. 20% of churchgoers have stopped attending church just in the last year, both in person and online. And that percentage is even higher with millennials, where we already had 8 million who'd left the church between 2016 and 2020. Now, because of that and the financial realities, the Barna Research Group is telling us that one church in five may close in the next 18 months. So, more than ever, our world needs the church. And our communities, our communities need our church. Which leads us to this question. How are we doing? How is community doing? Well, from a missional point of view, I could not be more grateful or more proud. While the doors of our buildings were closed for a long time, the mission continued to advance. Our small groups grew. <laughs> our student community, like our schools, it was very challenging, no doubt about it, but they persevered and bounced back. Uh, Kid City reinvented themselves. I'll tell you more about that. We also gave birth to community cares that's impacting all of our communities and neighborhoods. I love that. And when it comes to innovation, I believe this is our greatest season ever. And I'll have much more to share about that at the end. But most important, most important, more people found their way back to God. Now, from a fiscal point of view, I want you to have the inside scoop. We entered into the 2020-2021 fiscal year, which goes from October to September, knowing that we're going to have to watch this very carefully, our budget, because we're in such unprecedented times. Now, the solid line represents what we know. The dotted line represents what we're projecting for the second half of this fiscal year. Now, so far, the giving in the first six months of this fiscal year has been about 85% of budget. That's a 15% gap. And a 15% gap is never great. But when you think about it from a business perspective, that our buildings have been closed for almost a year, and our income was still at 85%, it's not great, but it is good. And again, here's what I want to say. Thank you so much to those of you who are consistently generous 
during this season. That has been huge. All right, so what did we do about this 15% gap? Well, here's what we did. We actually, we reduced our spending, as you can see here. We reduced our spending to closer to 80% of our budget. And that was only possible because our whole staff and key volunteers really watched their spending. I mean, down to every nickel and every dime. Now, there were some other big factors that also helped us keep our spending down. Uh, by not meeting in our buildings, we didn't have the usual expense of facility maintenance, and so that helped. Um, our lenders actually came to us and offered to delay our mortgage payments. We accepted that offer, and that also helped. Uh, we received PPP loans, which we put towards staff salaries, which allowed us to keep all of our full and part-time staff employed. And so the bottom line, yes, our income was 85% of budget, but our expenses we managed down to 80% of the budget. Now, some of you might be looking at this and saying, well, where's breakthrough on here, our breakthrough initiative? Well, if you're like me and you gave to that, it's not on here because those dollars were given for above and beyond budgeted expenses. And since it's above and beyond budgeted expenses, it doesn't factor into what we call the Jesus mission or our regular budget. Now, there are two big opportunities that show up in this type timeline. One first occurred on February 28th, which we see right here, when our locations reopened. Uh, we opened all but two of them on the 28th, then subsequently opened the other two. And so far, that is going great. And you might be curious to know, while the average uh, for church attendance is about 36% right now of the pre-COVID attendance at community, we're averaging closer to the mid-40 percentages. So by those measurements, it feels like that even though we were closed, we are growing. Now, the other opportunity, the other opportunity is what many are calling a hybrid church. And hybrid refers to the fact that we are now both physical in buildings and digital. We're using both our church facilities and the internet. Because we're all different expressions here, I'm not going to ask you to respond, but I want you to just think for yourself here. Think for yourself. How many of you have been on community online TV or in a Zoom small group or you've done something with Facebook with community. In fact, if you're watching Community Online right now or, or at a Community Freedom site, that would be all of you. How many of you have done something inside one of our church facilities or church buildings? If you're listening to me right now, one of our Chicago, Chicagoland locations, that would be you. And lastly, I'd love, I'd love to just think, how many of you have done both? And that would be the majority. It's not all, but the majority of us are now doing both. You are now a part of a hybrid church. And I'm telling you, there is no turning back. And I'll explain more about what, later on what I mean by hybrid church when I talk about the four expressions. Now, from a fiscal point of view, for us to reopen our locations and to continue to be this hybrid church, what it's going to mean is us moving our expenses, you can see the projection there, back towards 100%. And because our expenses are going to go back towards 100%, that means we need to hit our giving. It needs to be 100% of our budget. And the difference here is really important. The difference is what we're calling the opportunity gap. Because that's the gap between where we are now, or if we keep going the way we're going now, and where I believe God wants us to be. And I believe us filling this opportunity gap is mission critical. Let me explain why. It was March 12th, 2020. Not this last March, but the previous one. 2020, we got the stay-at-home order. It came out. We made the decision all right, we're not going to meet in person, moving everything online. Within a week, 
God gave us kind of this informal slogan or motto that we began to kind of say over and over again, and here it is. Where fear sees a crisis, faith sees opportunity. Where fear sees a crisis, faith sees opportunity. And there's that word again, opportunity. And the verse that God gave me to really support this, and I think to encourage me, was 2 Timothy 1.7, and it says this, God did not give us a spirit of fear, no, but of power and love and self-discipline. And I'm telling you, with that, God gave us as a leadership, and I believe as a church, kind of this confidence that he was going to show us opportunities in the middle of this crisis, that without this crisis, we might never have seen. We just believed he was going to show us how to seize the moment. And I believe God did. So when I say hybrid church, this opportunity being a hybrid church, I'm talking about us being one church with four different expressions. Let me just kind of briefly explain, moving from your left to right. What we have here first are physical locations, community locations, those with church buildings. We had 24 Easter services, for example. 13 of them maxed out the registration, kind of like sold out. The second expression is community online. Did you know in the last year, we had 51,739 different people participate in community online? All 50 states in the U.S., 135 different countries, all of them on community online. Our third expression is community freedom. There are currently 2 million people incarcerated in the United States. That would make our prisons the fifth largest city in the U.S. And during this last year, we launched our third community freedom location. And then here's our fourth expression called 3C Communities. These are microsites of communities of community led by volunteers where people live, work, and play. This is how the church is rapidly reproducing other parts of the world. And I am absolutely convinced there's just tremendous opportunity here. In fact, this month, we're launching our first beta group of five different 3C communities, two in English, three in Spanish, four right here in Chicagoland, and one in Mexico City. Now, if we had time, I mean, I could tell you dozens of stories about each of these and why these four expressions are so important and why it's important we move into being this hybrid church. But I'll contain my enthusiasm, and I'm going to tell you just one. Um, I want to tell you about, uh, about Declan, Declan's story. Declan's eight years old, and this is a picture of his mom, Jennifer, who's a single mom. She posted on social media just sharing his story. Declan has been diagnosed with an aggressive form of leukemia. Uh, This picture is of him in Children's Hospital. He was there for about a month. And here's what I love. Because our kid's city is now also online, Declan was able to be a part of a kid's city experience with other kids and his kid's city teacher via Zoom. That's him on on his little green laptop in his hospital bed, a part of kid's city. He didn't have to miss a single week. I love that. And I'll tell you what, I have hung on to that slogan from 2020 where fear sees a crisis, faith sees opportunity. And I believe stories just like Declan illustrate the great opportunity that God has put before us. Now, since then, God has also given, I think, me two new verses, Bible verses. I think one was probably mostly for me personally. And I've prayed this verse almost every day since a year ago, March 12th. And here's what it is. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. And I'll tell you what, every day, this is my journal. And I did it again, uh, I did it again this morning. 
I'll just write in here, James 1.5. And in so many words, I'm just saying, okay, God, you said it. <laughs> you said you'd give me wisdom. And I want to hold you to it. Because I want to lead this church wisely. Please give me your wisdom. The other verse, I think, is for all of us. For us as a whole church, as we move into this next season, and it goes back to our big idea verse from Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, and it's what Paul said. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. We've been praying, your leadership's been praying for wisdom every day. And then he goes on, and so doing then, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And I think by God's grace, he has given us his wisdom about how we are to move forward in this coming post-pandemic world. He wants us to seize the moment. He wants us to make the most of this opportunity. And I think we're supposed to move forward as a church, as a hybrid church with all four of those expressions. But here's the thing. In order for us to do that, what we have to do is we have to fill this opportunity gap. And filling this opportunity gap will allow us to reach Declan and help more people than ever find their way back to God. Now, I want to be really clear, very clear, unmistakably clear about this. I am not announcing like a new generosity initiative or a campaign. You're going to get commitment cards and that stuff. I'm, I'm not announcing that. We're not going to do that. Here's what this is. This is merely an update for people like me and like you who love our church with a one-time opportunity to make a big difference and to help people find their way back to God. Let me be clear. I'm simply asking you, whether you're at one of our physical locations in a building, if you're watching online or you're a part of our church, you're watching online, I'm asking you. If you're a part of Community Freedom or you're one of our 3C communities, I'm asking you to pray about this and then just do what God tells you to do. It's that simple. I tr completely trust that. Now, there are two ways I'd love for you to prayerfully consider making the most of this opportunity. You can do this, first of all, through a one-time gift. A one-time gift to fill that opportunity gap. Sue and I, my wife and I, we, we've talked about it, we've prayed about it, and we're gonna be making a one-time gift to help fill that opportunity gap. I, I can so clearly see the opportunity. I want us to move forward as a hybrid church. Here's a second way you can prayerfully help fill this opportunity gap, and that is this, automate your giving. Seriously, by automating your giving, this helps us know what your financial commitment is rather than our central team having to guess and speculate and spend a lot of energy doing this. What we've learned in the last year, this allows us to plan and make the most of the opportunity, like Paul says, in a wise and sustainable way, to really be good stewards. Now, I have to admit, I'm a little embarrassed uh, to admit this, but I've never done this. I've never automated my giving. I do, I, I give online regularly. That's how I do it. But there's something, I, I kind of like clicking the button. I don't know why, but I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna automate, automate my regular giving, and here's what I'm doing. I'm asking all of you that give to do the same. Would you do that? So let me wrap this up, and I think I've made it very clear, the opportunity gap that's before us. And here's what I want you to do. Pray about it. Maybe you need to look at how much you've given to the church to date this year. Um, if you don't know, let us know. We can help you find it online. It's very easy. And then would you do this? Consider a one-time gift. I'm going to do it. And if you've not yet, automate your giving. All right? I'm in. I'm in. And just prayerfully ask God, what does he want you to do? And let's all of us, by the end of this month, by the end of May, let's all of us do that. 
I think God is whispering to us individually and as a church, make the most of this opportunity. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Make your life extraordinary. Let's pray. Father, I want to say thank you. I first of all, I want to say thank you because I do believe, I think you have answered that consistent prayer of the leadership of Community Christian Church for wisdom and guidance in, in some ways that we never, ever on our own, I think, could have, could have seen the future, could have anticipated what was next, could have made right decisions. So we are grateful for that. We do want to lead wisely, not unwisely. But Lord, we also make the most of this opportunity. And Lord, I ask that you prompt each and every one of us to know exactly how you want us to respond so we can fill that opportunity gap and make the most of this opportunity. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.